devil in the detail. <laughs> Hello, whilst this week's Devil in the Detail podcast, I'm Rob Parkson, and I'm here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join me in the show, we've got a special guest, we've got assistant coach, new assistant coach, Danny Orr. Welcome to the show, Danny. Thank you, thank you for having me. Yeah, congratulations on getting the, uh, the assistant coach job at Salford. How do you feel? Yeah, really pleased to be honest. It's um, it kind of came around pretty quick. Um, obviously, just uh, I got a phone call from Rich, um, which led to another phone call, and we um, just spoke on the phone really. Um, then I spoke to Ian Blees, and within a matter of days, it, the um, yeah, we'd, we'd agreed everything, and it, it was all, all done and dusted. So yeah, really looking forward to the opportunity. Yeah, you've got a link with Salford. Uh, your mum's a massive supporter, and your dad, uh, Paul Orr, used to play for Salford in the 1970s. His heritage number is 681. Is that kind of a proud moment for your, for your family, uh, you know, getting the assistant coach job? Yeah, it is. Um, obviously, um, I told my mum, uh, I've done an interview, the, you know, with Salford. So, um, yeah, I told my mum, and when I told her, she actually started crying. So, um, yeah, she's really proud. She... She always wanted me to be to play for Salford, um, which obviously never materialised for her. But uh, I suppose the next best thing is to, to coach or to be assistant coach. So, yeah, a really proud moment. And, um, yeah, like I said, I'm looking forward to it. I think so is she. Yeah, obviously, after this, listen to this podcast, all our listeners will hopefully tune into the Red Devils TV and, and watch that interview you did with the club. Um, you know, during your, your playing, playing career, was there ever, obviously ever a chance of joining Salford? Did it ever come up? No, no, it didn't actually. Um, I, do, I just remember one thing. I always used to like playing at the Willows. Um, as I played there as, as a young lad, I think for Yorkshire once against Lancashire, and, uh, played it all right. And, was, and every time I tend to go there, especially when I was younger at Castleford, I always seemed to play quite well. So um, I like playing at the Willows, but never actually got to play for Salford. I never got, never got the opportunity now. Yeah, you, you had a fantastic playing career. Uh, you know, Castleford at Wigan, at London, Great Britain, England, and Yorkshire. You, you served with a lot of coaches uh, during that time. Um, did any of them influence you uh, going into coaching? Yeah, I think they probably all did, to be honest. I think you learn so much as, as a player, you know, from your coaches. Um, and again, you know, I think the guys who are uh, somebody like myself, you know, I, I live and breathe up in league. Um, you take a lot of information in. You, you learn so much from, from your coaches, you know, and that's that's good, uh, positive and, and, and negative things, you know. But, you know, you don't always agree with every coach, uh, but you can learn from them. So, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've been fortunate, very lucky to, to have some great coaches throughout my career uh, and worked alongside some, you know, at, at Castleford, uh, obviously in Daryl Powell and, and Ryan Sheridan. Uh, they've, they've been fantastic. So, um, yeah, I've, I've learned a lot from the coaches that I've worked under and worked alongside. And now I can um, put it into practice uh, at Stalford. Yeah. What point in your playing career did you decide that you, you were going to go into coaching? Well, I started coaching, it was Stuart Raper, one of my first coaches at Castleford, got me into coaching. He just thought it'd do, um, do me really good as, as my development for players. So I started coaching when I was about, I'd say about 20. Mm. Um, so I've been coaching, we yeah, have 22 years now. Um, who were who you um, coaching at? Sorry, who were you, who were you co- coaching at 20? I started uh, coaching the Castleford school. So the under, I think it was under 12s that I started with. Right. Under 12s and then um, Castleford High School. I think it was, oh, no, sorry, all the, the schools in Cassia in that area. Uh, we're quite successful, actually. We did quite well. So I did work with six, uh, 12s, then I went 14s, 16s, and we just worked my way all the way up. But probably professionally, I think I, 
I started to put a bit more of a focus on it towards probably my late twenties, uh, and realised that you know, you know, this is something I'd really like to do. Yeah, you started coaching. Is it Castleford in two thousand thirteen? Um, obviously, you're a you're a hero in Castleford. You know, fantastic player for them. Was it was there extra pressure on you, sort of going into coaching with Cass? No, I, I didn't see that. If, if there was, I never felt it. Um, I think going into it, it's a little bit awkward. Not a pressure, but a little bit awkward. You, you, one week, you, you, you're kind of playing alongside your best mates. And then the next week, you, you're kind of the, um, the boss. Um, but I never had a pressure. I suppose I was a captain of the side at the time as well as playing. So you've kind of got that, you've kind of got that um, extra leadership, um, not quality, but uh, responsibility um, within the team. And I think moving into coaching, was just, you know, the next progression for me. So it, it, I found it the, the switch quite easy. Uh, but I suppose I was, again, very looking fortunate to be to working with some some really good lads who I knew personally and and, um, and I respected. So I think they respected me because I played alongside them. So it, it made, made the switch quite easy. You think the switch was easy because of the sort of position you played and the sort of tactical knowledge you had on the field? Oh, I don't know about that. I think, you know, just because I was a half, okay, half towards the back end of my career. So... I don't know if it was, um, you know, just because of the knowledge, you know, it could have been a prop or anything, but, um, or a winger. Um, I don't think that's that's relevant, really. But I just think, you know, I, like I said, I, I love um, rugby. Um, got a big interest in it. Um, and like I said, I worked with a lot of good good people, players and coaches. And I just think, you know, it was the right thing for me to do to, to go into coaching. And, um, yeah, just uh, hopefully I can, I can do a good job. Yeah, you, you coached, you were assistant coach under Ian Millward and sort of Daryl Powell, two great coaches. Um, what mm. did you, what did you take from either man? Uh, the the two main things I would take is the both worked extremely hard, extremely hard as coach. I didn't understand and I probably didn't respect how much work went into being a coach. Um, I think as a player, you, you're quite fortunate. Again, I'm lucky that you come in, you do your job, um, you do your extras, um, and you're off and, and you're done, and that's your day. As a coach, you're in there probably two two hours before the players are, and you're in for probably two or three hours after the players. So um, the the long days, the tough days, are enjoyable, um, but there's a, there's a hell of a lot of work. And both those coaches, head coaches, I worked with um, Basil and obviously Palmer. Um, yeah, they, they they did work very hard. Yeah, obviously coaching started in 2013 up to like now. Is are are the players sort of different sort of now than they were when you started coaching? Sort of men- um, mentally wise, is it, is it more, you know, because obviously they do say like in football that, you know, not, not all tough men anymore. You've got to put an arm around them. Is it the same in rugby league or is it still the same when you were playing as everyone kind of no, the same kind of way? Things change, but I think, if you know, every, every generation would, would probably say the same. You know, if you go back to when my dad played, it was a totally different game and, and the guys who played before him. And while it's a different game, in some areas, it's probably harder back then. Um, you know, the game's faster now. So, you know, people say, well, it's not hard. Are you making more tackles? But the rules, and they just didn't get looked after back then. You know, headshots and elbows to the face. You can just get away with it. So, in terms of that, I think whether you say players are a bit tougher or a bit softer, I'm not sure about that. Um, the game just changes, mate. Every every year or every couple of years, the game changes and the focus. And the, and the players have to roll with it. And if you don't change with it, you probably get left behind. Um, I think the game's a hell of a lot more professional now. That That is the one big thing. Um, I think in the past, obviously, rugby league is a. I think professionally, the, the guys are very good, um, but there was probably, you know, there's been a time in, in the past where there's probably been drinking cultures in, in rugby league, and I think that's gone. 
you know that, that you just can't afford to do that now and obviously you know the lads hate to relax and, and, and let their down a bit every now and again but there's a time and a place and the good thing about rugby league players is that they know that now um, there's too much at stake and the, and the game's that important that they are they are very professional ultimately professional throughout the league and and they, they know they have a, a job to do and the, the you know for me I think they do it very well yeah, looking back at your, your time at uh, Castleford, uh, assistant coaching, what was the, the highlight for you? Um, if you have to pick a, a game or two, probably, obviously playing it, when the guys got to Wembley, that was, that was huge. Um, I, I never got to play at Wembley. I played in a Challenge Cup final, but I never got to play at Wembley. So to be part of that work was pretty special. Uh, the grand final in 2017, obviously was a great achievement for the lads, but unfortunately we just didn't, perform on the day um, so that that would have been good but um, yeah the, the, those two games were pretty good the league leaders were, were, was outstanding against 17 that, that season the guys were, were, were very very good uh, by far the most consistent team throughout the year so um, yeah the, there's, there's some good good memories over the years um, but I think the, the, those achievements for the, for the club where they were to where, where they got to um, yeah they'd probably stand out yeah, obviously, Castle of the Tigers always in and around the playoff uh, sort of places and, and competing in the sort of the Challenge Cup. Uh, so we're kind of in sort of transition to get into that sort of a uh, sort of bubble and, and competing in the finals and the, and the semi-finals. Do, do you see like a, a similarity between sort of the, the Castle Tigers and say 2017 and and now? Um. Yeah, similar. It's hard work because I've only I've only had done two days with with the Salford players. You know, mm. I've been in and I've done a little bit of work. I've been very very impressed with them, to be honest. Really, really impressed. But you know, I probably should be. They've played in two major finals in the last eighteen months, so they've obviously been doing something right. Um, so there's a there's a good foundation to keep building on there and to, to hopefully uh, try keep growing the club. Um, so, mate, just really, really excited to. To over the last two days, to see what I've seen from the players. How, how big of a challenge is it? I'm sort of coming into Salford. Um, phew, I don't know. Good question. I don't. I don't really know how to answer. I don't. I think everything's a challenge, and you know, you you want to you want to put your own stamp on things. But I think the guys who were, you know obviously here before myself and Mitch, they've obviously done something right, haven't they? That you know, like I said, they've played in two major finals. Um, you know, I tip me out to that. I think that they've, they've, they've done a great job. So, um, yeah, we just got to we've got to go in there. We've got our own ideas on what we want to do, and um, hopefully, we can do that and we, we can be successful for the club. Um, you know, we want to, like anyone else, we want to win every game, and we want to we want to win silverware. So, um, yeah, it's um, it's exciting. So, just looking forward to it. Yeah, is it, is it more like more like molding the mindset of the players to stay in the environment they are now, competing and and you know pushing them forward? Yeah, I think it is. But I think you, you've got that bit every club, mate. I think you know right. you're in it. It's a team sport. You're in it a team, and you know while you know there's some wonderful individuals throughout the whole of Super League. Um, at the end of the day, it's a team sport, and you've all got to pull together. You've all got to do your job. You've got to do it well, um, and be consistent throughout the year. And, you know, if you do that, then you, you stand a good chance of, of being successful. There's no guarantees at all in, in, in this sport. You know, you just got to turn up every day, work hard, do your best um, and produce on, on the field at the end of the day, you know, come game day. So, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it'll be tough, you know, but but it'd be tough at any team. You know, it's a tough comp, it's, it's Super League. Yeah, I think, like you say, it's all about how players deal with pressure in the big games. I've never had this 
opportunity to ask, ask a coach before this question. How do you how do you coach pressure? How do you how do you sort of tweet sort of drill that into the players so when the pressure moment comes they react well to it? Yeah, I think it's just a mindset for me. It's you know the the, the pressure. If you if you're talking about big games, I think at the end of the day it's still just a game for me. It's just a game of rugby. Um, all right, there's maybe a couple of million people watching on TV, and there's a stadium, hopefully a stadium full of seventy eight thousand people. But put that all to one side, you're playing rugby, and at the end of the day, most of these guys have been doing it since probably they were six, seven years old. So, and I think you you learn to adapt every time you come through into a new team. There's a little bit of pressure every time you meet new people. There's pressure, so you kind of adapt, and that for me, the pressure just becomes the normal. It just becomes what what you what the lifestyle is, and um, and what it what it takes to be a professional rugby player. And obviously, some players can handle it better than others. But um, I don't know. I think that's what that's what you do as a professional rugby player. You're paid to 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 do your job, and and you, you know you should you should do it well. Well, so when you when you are coaching, how much of it is sort of physical, and how much is it sort of mental uh, when you sort of sort of gene the players and, and training them? It's a balance, mate. It depends what what it probably depends on who you're playing. It depends what sort of week you've got, uh, what sort of team you've got, what mentality you've got. You know, if, if they're already good physically, but you know that they need a bit of work mentally, then you would work on that. But you're always you're always tipping up on things. You're always trying to top up and get better. You're always trying to improve in every area of the, of, throughout the game. Um, so it's it, it, again tough question to answer, but yeah, as a, as a coach. Or coaching staff, you're trying to touch all bases and make sure that you're topping them up in everything. Yeah, you'll be looking uh, at the sort of the, the attack. Uh, so, but is that something you sort of challenge? You're looking forward to the to the challenge. Yeah, massively. Um, I think as a as a player, I actually as a when I was young, obviously I loved attacking. Towards the back end of my career, I probably preferred defending. So um, when I was at Castleford last year, I was I was a defensive coach. Right. But um, it, it's a, it's a great challenge. Um, Great challenge for me to, you know, to try and cut my teeth as an attacking coach. I've got a lot of good ideas. And, and again, I've worked alongside some really good coaches. And, I've, you know, I'll probably give Ryan Sheridan a mention. He, he was the attacking coach at Casper. Um, and he's, he's a fantastic coach. Works really hard. Great work ethic. Uh, very smart. And, um, yeah, I've learned, I've learned a lot from him over the last six, seven years. With, with obviously, the coaching of the sort of the attack, is it, is it more about sort of, sort of making the moves, you know, easily, sort of easy enough for the players to follow? Or, you make, or do you make moves up as you go along and sort of put that to the players and say, like, this is what I want you to do? Can you can you do that for me? Yeah, a bit of both. Um, you know, you don't make it up as you go along, but, you know, again, you, you work with some these key players. And these are players who have just come in, you know, and it's day one for them. Like, for instance, at Salford, obviously, I'm working alongside Kevin you know, as an international player. So yeah. it's not like I'm doing it all on my own. You know, we'll work together and we work out what's best for the team and I'll come up with a plan and it's up to Kev to take that on board and uh, and the other senior players and then go and deliver that plan. But I'm not going to ask them to do something that they can't do. I want them to be comfortable with it. And um, which they proved they are, you know, the, the, you know, they're a good attacking team anyway. And obviously I'll just uh, tweak a few things here and there and add my own little bit into it. And um, like you say, you mix up all up and off it comes out positive. Well, is, is kicking in the, under your remit as well? Yeah, that'll be part of the, yeah, definitely. So I've, already, I've actually touched on that a little bit today. Um, so we'll do, yeah, we're doing lots of kicking, lots of kick sessions, catch sessions. Um, but again, the kicking, your kicking game, while you want to be consistent with what you're doing, 
it's it can vary depending on who you're playing against because other teams, some teams will put both wingers back and a full-back and there's not much space. Some teams will only put a winger and, and a full-back so there's a little bit more space. So you might change and adapt your kicking game to suit. Um, but again, it's just been consistent in, in what you're doing. So, you know, how you strike the ball um, and, and where we can turn the ball over to build some pressure with our defence. So we our defence to be be positive and, and, and get on top of teams. Is it, when you when you're coaching at a team, is it all about sort of the variety in in the training, or, or is it more about sort of sticking to a rigid sort of process? Again, every all coaches probably have a different answer to that one. Um, I just think you you find what works for you, um, and, and if you're consistent and you and you do it well, um, is stick away, stick with it, don't go away from it. Um, but again. A little bit of variation every now and again can catch people off guard, and you can, you know, try things uh, that that people won't expect. Um, sometimes that can work for you. Sometimes it go go against you. So, like I say, I think just working what works for your team, um, and and like yeah, just being consistent with it. I suppose this this time of year is probably the busiest time for you. Obviously, with, with pre season. Yeah, uh, well, we, we, the lads are in now for because obviously the. They had a disrupted season last year with what happened, obviously with, with COVID and everything. But so the lads are in um, for a week. We've got them in for this week. Um, but it, it's not so much a, an intense week. We'll, we'll, we'll put some work through them. But it's more for um, me and Richard's coaches because we're both new into the club to get to know the lads, but also the lads to get to know us. Um, so it'll be a good week. And then obviously Christmas, obviously just around the corner. So the lads obviously. Get, get a little bit of a break there to be with their families and, and, and people. And then we'll be back in early January, as I think most teams will be, probably January the 4th. Um, and, and we'll have, a, I think, about a 10, 10-12-week 10, pre-season, um, which is, is, is a good amount of time uh, to put a lot of work through into the lads and, and not be ready to, to kick off in March. Yeah, obviously the, the season was extended, weren't it, this, this year? Um, is that, obviously, the players coming back now, is that sort of a difficult thing for you? Because obviously they've not really had much of a rest, have they? They only had like, what, four weeks off or something? Yeah, that's the thing. That it, last year's kind of disrupted everything, hasn't it? Or last season. Mm. Um, yeah, it's not really helped. But I think, you know, mo- most teams and I think most players throughout the uh, the years that I've been coaching, uh, you'll look to try to give your, lads, your players about six weeks. If you give them six weeks to recover, uh, that'll probably be three weeks doing nothing. Everybody, again, everybody's different, but be probably three weeks doing absolutely nothing, let your body totally relax and heal. And then you'll have a slow build-up for the next three weeks, building yourself back up, back up, uh, which you, your conditioning, or your strength conditioning coaches will give you a programme. So then you're ready come day one of pre-season. You're not just starting cold after six weeks being sat on the couch. So it'd be three weeks to for nothing and three weeks building up into some sort of reasonable shape, ready to go. And then obviously we, we go into the, the season all all guns blazing. Have we, have we had a chat about sort of the uh, you know the predictions, what we think we, we could do next year with the players? I suppose it's only only met in two days ago, isn't it? So probably a conversation you'll have in a, a few weeks' time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think actually we're getting to know the players, they're getting to know us. Um there's a couple of guys not even in as of yet. Um so yeah, come come January the fourth, one of um We've got around more some lads. We've got to see them, um, and yeah, we'll we'll build throughout the preseason. So that's a, a an important conversation that will happen further down the line. 
Yeah, you say obviously before you talked about sort of Kevin Brown and other internationals. Um, is it is it you have to coach international players sort of differently than you would do sort of standard club player? No, I don't think so. Um, I think you're still uh, no, not not really. No, um, I just think that an international player they're there on merit. They're, they're good good players, um, but I think that all every player especially those guys that even though they're there and they're good, they want to get better. And I think they want to be coached. Um, and it might only be one, I might only be able to tell Kev one little thing and it just one little thing that'll help him get, you know, one, 2% better. And that's it. Cause he, cause he's at a certain level now, you know what I mean? It's, it, it's small margins. Um, people like, you know, Callum Watkins, people like, you know, the high quality players. Um, but again, it, it's a different voice, a different coach. I might just be able to tell him one thing that he's never heard before. And he, he can add that to his game. So, um, yeah, while they, those international players are probably, the knowledge is, is a little bit more than, than, than most, um, I think they're still, yeah, definitely keen to, to keep learning. Is, is the reward sort of coaching the younger players coming through and seeing them do something you've told them to do during a match? Is that the reward when you see them put into action what you tell them to do? Yeah, I think that's, that's coaching. You know, that's coaching, mate. And it's not just the young lads. I think it's, it's, it, that's throughout. It is always nice to see young lads come through. Um, but I think throughout, if you 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 spend time with a player and you're doing a lot of one-to-one with that player and you can see him improving, then you know you're having an impact on him. And it, 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 it'll, you know, I'm sure that they'll appreciate that. So um, that's just coaching, mate. It's, it's helping people and trying to get help, help people uh, become better players. Yeah, obviously, like you said, Christmas is coming up. What's a, a Christmas look like in the R household? Uh, well, a normal year. Um, just <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much like any house, really. Um, loads of presents in the morning for the kids, um, loads of food in the afternoon for me, and then usually falling asleep on the sofa watching a movie. So, um, yeah, I think it's a good time of year, isn't it? Most, um, you know, most it's like I say, it's been been tough these last 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 year or so for, for all families throughout the country. So, um, yeah, depending on what happens with the rules and regulations. We've been locked down. Um, it would be nice to, to get we with families and, and families to get together and have a have a an enjoyable Christmas. Is is that something you found as a coach? You kind of having to sort of look after a player in that in that situation where you kind of might be struggling mentally with the lockdown. Yeah, you, you don't know players. Uh, you know, we're, we're, there's a lot of things going on in, within out of the game. You know, regarding mental health and things like that, and people struggling. Rugby players. You know, stereotype. The, the scene has been these big tough guys, and they don't want to open up. So it, it's sometimes hard. Sometimes players might be struggling, but you might not know about it. And we always say it's good to talk and and and, and tell people how you're feeling. Um, but yeah, I, I would hope if any of my my players or you know anybody really, not even my player, if 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 they're struggling, then the, you know, and they need someone to talk to, then pick up the phone, you know, and, and just talk talk to talk to your friends, talk to a fellow players, talk to your staff, talk to anyone really, but. Um, hopefully, I'm fingers crossed. There's, there's no issues at the moment with um, at, at Salford, so um, hopefully the lads are all right. It's been great talking to you, Danny. Good luck in the assistant okay, role, assistant role. It's going to be a going to be a great roller coaster ride uh, in the uh, in Salford in 2021. All right, cheers, mate. Thank you. That was uh, Danny R talking to myself. I've been Rob Parkson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil of Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD, and you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact and Spotify. See you next week.